thanks for joining us today on this Friday as we get set to head into the weekend. And the weather, too, is smartening up for us, which is kind of nice. Kind of nice to wake up this morning to temperatures somewhat reasonable. And you can always tell by when you unplug your vehicle <laughs> how how stiff the extension cord is. That's a good indicator of how cold it was. And, yeah, it wasn't, wasn't too bad. In fact, we're getting into some nicer temperatures as we head through the weekend and into next week. Well, if you think about how far technology has come, like I think about some of the early cell phones, some of the early VCR, our first VCR in the Bray household, two adults pretty much had to carry the thing. The remote was connected with an actual wire to the VCR machine. Like technology has come a long way. And there's work being done to make it more flexible and bendable and biodegradable, not to mention cheaper and easier to manufacture. It's a constant pursuit that has to happen. And my guest today is able to not only lean into this and help us understand some of the work that's going on, but also how Saskatchewan is connected to his work. Benoit Lassard is a researcher with McGill University, the head of Lassard Research Group, and joins us on the phone today. Benoit, thanks so much for taking our call. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, so let me help me understand the lab, the research work that you're doing. What is the focus of your research and your work right now? Yeah, so I'm a I'm a Canada research chair and associate professor. Um, I'm actually at the University of Ottawa. I did my PhD at McGill, um, and so we work um, in organic electronics. And so what organic electronics are is electronic devices where they're carbon based instead of what you your typical electronic devices, which are um, silicon based. And so what that means is they can be made, for example, out of plastic. And so you can have conductive plastics. Um, and so plastics can be flexible, lightweight, inexpensive, and so all these things you, you mentioned, there's, the, there's this possibility, right? And so we can target new applications or just make existing ones more efficient. Can you give us an example of, of both? Maybe uh, an existing application that you can improve on or something that you could step into, lean into, that you might not have been able to before because of this technology? Sure, of course. So, um, you know, your cell phone, uh, the, the display, the, the picture on the cell phone is what we call OLED. So it's organic light-emitting diode. And so what you have there is you have some carbon-based molecules. You pass a current through them. They get excited, and then they shine different lights. And that's how we make a cell phone display. And so, um, you know, they are really bright, and they actually the OLED can be made a lot thinner than your typical LCD display, which is why companies have gravitated towards them because they can, you know, more space for your battery and thinner phones. This is the things that people want, right? Um, but they're still expensive. Um, and so there's a lot of research being done on trying to manufacture these materials at lower cost or just bring down the production and manufacturing cost down so that this, these kinds of displays can be more easily found. Um, another example could be, um, you know, something that our group has been working on is something like uh, cannabinoid sensors. And so we actually spun off a company that uh, builds sensors to detect uh, different cannabinoid levels in, in either the plant or in, in uh, different solutions. And so things like the THC level or the CBD level, um, this is really important for growers, um, you know, for, for a fruit, for a, a strawberry, for example, you can see if it's white, it's not ready to pick. But um, for cannabis, it's harder to know what's inside the plant. So, you know, you need better sensors to be able to figure out 
you know, when is the right time to harvest? Um, you know, if we, the difference between harvesting at six weeks or eight weeks could be huge uh, money for, for these companies, right? So um, this is something we spun off a company to do, and the company actually sells products now. Um, there are sensors. It's exciting work. Benoit Lassard is my guest, a researcher with the University of Ottawa, the head of the Lassard Research Group. So in doing the work that you're doing, Saskatchewan has played a role, and it's the Canadian light source and our synchrotron that I know you utilized in some of your work. How did that lend itself to what you're doing, Benoit? Yeah, it's a great question. And so, you know, these devices, you know, regardless of the application, if it's for a phone or a sensor, um, you know, how you there's synthesizing it in the lab, but then you actually have to manufacture it. If you can't get it out the door, it'll never become a product. And so um, how you take that material and you physically build a device, um, that can change the properties of the device. And so we work a lot on the manufacturing side. How do we manufacture these materials? And so, um, you know, a plastic um, is... Is, based, is made of a polymer, and a polymer is, if you think of it, it's like a pearl necklace. You've got a lot of repeat, repeat pearls. They're all the same. Those are called monomers. You have a lot of them. And if you grabbed a bunch of pearls and you threw them on a desk, they would bounce in all different directions. But if you had a pearl necklace, if they're all attached together in a chain, well, you throw it on the table, it's going to act differently. And this is very important when manufacturing. So when we're trying to build a chair out of a plastic, it doesn't really matter what, what direction those, those polymers are pointing. But when we're trying to build a really thin electronic device that are conductive, these conductive polymers, how they line up, which direction they go, will be very important to define how well that device is ultimately going to work. And so, but because these devices are so small and so thin, we really need to get a good picture of what's going on at the molecular level, which way are these polymers going? And so the, the CLS, the Canadian Light Source, is, is a very unique facility in Canada. It's the only one in Canada, actually, um, where we can get so much uh, energy that we can actually get a really good picture of what's going on at those really small scales. And so we've, we've, uh, we've come, I've sent my team from Ottawa all the way to uh, Saskatchewan several times, almost every, at least a couple of times a year, um, to really characterize what we're building and so that we can understand, you know, the manufacturing process and how does that lead to better devices. And so the CLS really helps us figure that out. Benoit Lassard is my guest today from the University of Ottawa, head of the Lassard Research Group. So how do you find, uh, this is maybe a tough question to ask and a tough question to answer, but Benoit, how do you find working on technology that is going to be adapted and used so many ways. So, like, you're not working on a specific, you know, cell phone or, you know, audio device or whatever. Your technology is going to be developed and used in a whole bunch of different ways and platforms. Working from a general sense, is it tough? Do you have to almost visualize how it will be adapted and used to help drive the work that you and your team are doing? Yeah, I mean, for me, I think that's the exciting part is that, um, you know, when you get to actually meet different companies or different end users and actually figure out what they need and how can you, you know, improve their their product or, or solve their, their problems, right? And so one day I'm 
speaking with some doctors and talking about how we can improve different surgeries, and, and they're telling me if they have a sensor that could detect this certain drug or this certain biomarker, this would really help. And, and then I get to go back and think, well, maybe we could build a sensor that does that. And then, you know, we have other projects, for example, working on different narcotic sensors and trying to work with uh, safe injection sites and trying to help the nurses and the, and the paramedics and the first responders sort of know what they're, because sometimes these people don't know what they're taking exactly. And so being able to, you know, have a sensor that can help them figure out what they're taking um, and help everybody understand what needs to be done if something goes wrong. And so from day to day, you get to have very different problems that we get to put our head or wrap our head around. So I, I find that the exciting part of the job is to get to always go after something new. But Ultimately, you know, our expertise is in working with new materials and sort of building prototypes, the manufacturing of prototypes. And as you said, one day it could be a cell phone. The next next thing it could be a, you know, a life-saving sensor. So the options are endless. Great stuff, Benoit. I appreciate you carving some time out for us today. And uh, we look forward to following your research and see all the great things you and your team will be doing. Thanks for having me. Benoit Lassard, who is a researcher with the University of Ottawa, and uh, of course, head of the Lassard Research Group. Great work that they're doing on making technology thinner, more flexible, more adaptable, and as you heard, a variety of different applications that will help us in our lives as well. You're listening to 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. The wind's actually not as bad today as it was yesterday. That wind chill yesterday threw us into another tizzy of cold weather, but we're inching into the weekend, actually fairly good temperatures. We should see some snow this weekend for a big chunk of the province, uh, central and south part of the province, often on snow through the weekend, which is not a bad thing. The moisture is always welcome. And milder temperatures on the way, too, which is is kind of nice. Well, we do bugs and hugs every Friday from 10 to 11 o'clock. And although it's not bugs and hug time, I wanted to get one more on the radio. Curtis Kemp joins me now. Curtis, uh, former co-worker with me. We work together at the Regina Police Service. Curtis still involved so much in the community. He's chair of Mobile Crisis Board of Directors and joins me now. Curtis, you have a hug and you wanted to try and squeeze it in before the end of the show. Hey, uh, good talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah great. Thanks for coming on. What What's your uh, hug today? Okay, well, uh, Mobile Crisis Services, as uh, I think everybody knows, uh, provides pretty valuable service in the community. And it's been anybody that works outside and, and in the community in the last little while, it's been pretty tough slugging, cold weather, and, and lots of lots of other contributing factors. So just wanted to give a real shout-out to, to our staff and our executive director, uh, uh, Jan, for, for her team. Yeah, they. I'll tell you, you and I both know back in the day when we were working on the street at 2 in the morning and you needed help with it pretty much could be anything that you couldn't handle as a police officer. We had one number in the back of our notebook, and I think Mobile Crisis got all of those calls, didn't they? Absolutely. Um, it's the reason I'm on the board, F. I mean, you know, when, when, the, you know, when it hits the fan, you call Mobile. Well, thanks for calling in, Curtis. Appreciate it. Appreciate the work you and the board do with mobile and, of course, appreciate what they do in our community as well. Bugs and Hugs returns every Friday, and we'll give you a chance again next Friday to call in and weigh in with what's bugging you. Well, hey, this just came in. Britton Gray actually just poked his head in the room and said, hey, have you seen this? I said, no, what? Sports Illustrated is laying off most of its staff. 
Not good news. Got an article here from the Washington Post. Much of the staff of Sports Illustrated and possibly all of the remaining writers and editors received layoff notices this morning, which could essentially spell the end of the publication. You have to wonder, is this the way magazines are going? Right, Papers have been struggling because, of course, the ability to go online and get a lot of the news. So we've seen that happen with newspapers. You wonder about magazines with the ability to be able to get things online. You think about Sports Illustrated used to bring you cutting-edge sports headlines and news and the photographs and everything. I was I subscribed to it. I remember we used to get them when we lived on the farm, go to the uh, post office to get the mail, and if that Sports Illustrated was curled up in there, I have one with a 15-year-old Tiger Woods on the front of it. Like It was a pretty important part of of keeping in touch with the sports world. But today things are a lot different. Although, you know, they don't say in here and, and I'm sure that we'll get more of this on the green zone. I'm guessing that there drew will talk more about this this afternoon on the green zone, but it actually has to do with the revocation of a license. Apparently the group that bought the company back in 2019 actually didn't make the payment that they needed to in terms of paying for their license. And as a result, the license was pulled. And as a result, they're laying off staff. So Sports Illustrated, this could be the end for Sports Illustrated. As I said, Britton Gray just brought me this in. Drew Remenda, maybe Britton Gray, whoever's joining him. Jamie's off this afternoon, but the Green Zone will continue to follow along and keep you posted on this. Well, this has been a busy week. We've talked lots about education. We've talked lots about teachers. And I so very much appreciate everyone that's been weighing in, calling in, texting in. Um, lots of great information to help help us all understand the complexity of the challenge and, of course, understand what we're going to have to do to try and find our way through this. We know that the teachers are striking on Monday. It's another full-day, all-province teacher strike. Samantha Beacott, who's the president of the STF, is lined up to join me first thing on Monday morning. So just after 8.30, we will have STF President Samantha Beacott with me and we'll uh, dig into things it, it will be exactly one week since I ta- talked to her last. And since then, lots has happened. Lots has gone down. I think you and I have understood the problem a little bit better. So I've got a whole new list of questions, including a couple that I got from you today during bugs and hugs. So we'll pose those to STF president, Samantha Beacott on Monday. And then after that, we're going to open up the lines again. So we'll have another hour of the opportunity for you to call in and weigh in based on what you hear from STF president Beacott and where we need to go from there. Monday also means the Roundtable of Justice. There was a recent article done by a University of Alberta prof talking about the fact that police shootings in Canada are happening too often. In fact, he referred to them as spectacularly unrelenting. We have got a couple of experts who will join us. Mitch Uzdepsky, who's a former deputy chief from Saskatoon, now the executive director with the SACP, which is the Saskatchewan Association of Chiefs of Police, and former Toronto crime reporter, Tamara Cherry will join us for the Roundtable of Justice. That and a whole lot more coming up on Monday. So a big thanks to my buddy Frank Ayler, who, yes, he is a fan of the Flyers, but we can excuse that for today. It helps us out. And uh, Brando Queering uh, also does uh, lots of work for us on this show when it comes to tech producing. We've got Libby Giesbrick, who's now Libby Gray, by the way. Congrats on the marriage. 
Brittany Cafe, who's just getting back from Disneyland, Dallas Dole, Murray Wood, a whole bunch of people put this show together, and we appreciate you joining us right here on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM.